0: Scales, half-lifes, communication tricks and tips. We're going to be diving deep today. That's right. We're talking about things that I learned. Things that I learned as I was living and working on a Scientology campus for roughly about eight months back in the day. Things that I learned that ultimately transformed my life in crazy crazy ways. We're going to continue that conversation. We've been talking about it all week. We're going to continue it today right here on GM3X. Let's grow. Welcome to GM3X. I am your host, Glenn Lundy. I am a husband to one, a father to eight, and the founder of the 800% Elite Club. I hope you're ready for motivation, education, inspiration, celebrity interviews, and thought-provoking conversations. Because it's 5.30 a.m. and it's time to rise and grind. Hey, good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? I am wearing Vicky's favorite hoodie Today, so I just want to give a little shout out to Vicky Everett. Hopefully she's in here already. If she's not, Vicky, I got your hoodie on today. (laughs) I know it's one of your favorites. Bruce Miller, great to see you this morning. What's up, Liza Myers, Borges? How are you? Hey, today is Wednesday, August 17th, 2022. And what's crazy is today is the very first and the very last time it'll ever be Wednesday, August 17th. 17th, 2022. So I want to make sure we make the absolute most. And I do mean the absolute most of this absolutely incredible day. Now, Wednesdays are also Carter Myers Automotive Day, CMA Day. That's right, CMA Day. Carter Myers Automotive Group, one of the most, sorry, let me rephrase that, the most incredible automotive group on the planet. That's right, every Wednesday I get to spend time with the leaders in their organization, the associates in their organization. And so Wednesday has officially become CMA Day as we've worked together for years now. And it's always, always a pleasure and honor and a treat to be around such amazing superhumans. And look, if you are thinking about a career change, maybe you've never been in automotive before, that a thought of automotive scares you, but you're just not, you're like, man, I am an asset and I am not being appreciated then we need to have a conversation. We can get you over at Carter Myers Automotive. They have over a thousand associates, over a thousand associates in that organization. And every single one of them is part owner of the establishment. It's absolutely incredible. So if you're looking to make make a change, just let me know. C-M-A Day today. I absolutely stinking love it. Also, today we are talking about this thing called Scientology, right? This Scientology, some call it a religion, some call it a business. There are specials on Netflix of all the awful and terrible sides to Scientology. There's a lot of misunderstandings around Scientology. There's thoughts that in Scientology, there's no God or that there is like it's weird, right? There's all kinds of weird stuff. And luckily for me, I took an interesting path to spiritual understanding. I am by default, I go to, I don't wanna say default, that's the wrong word, but I am a follower of Jesus. I am a man who uh, supports and goes to a Christian church right here in Lexington, Kentucky. I love it, right? I love it. But ultimately my path to Jesus came through spending time in Scientology, actually working and studying and existing on a campus, a Scientology campus in Orange County, California. And my time that I spent there ultimately led me to my spiritual relationship that I have now and it taught me many other things. And so this week what we've been doing is taking an outside perspective with an open mind, right? With an open mind and taking a look at some of the lessons that I learned through Scientology that maybe you didn't or did know that they ultimately teach. Like for example, Scientology does have a concept of God. It is the eighth dynamic and they highly suggest that you seek a relationship with God. What they don't do is give you any doctrine or follow any dogmas of what that should look like. They don't say that you should be a Catholic or that you should be a Jew or you should be a Buddhist or you should be Hindu or anything like that. They just say you need to seek a relationship with God. Now, I was one of the things that I learned through Scientology is that God is real. God does exist. Something else that I learned that we talked about yesterday is this idea of Dianetics. Dianetics is a book that was written by L. Ron Hubbard. L. Ron Hubbard is the father of Dianetics and Scientology. And we broke down yesterday what that looks like, this idea of Dianetics, which is an active mind and a reactive mind, also known as a subconscious and a conscious mind, and how there can be things in our subconscious mind that are ultimately causing us to act in certain ways on a conscious level. Right. And we don't understand it. We don't know why we have blow ups. We don't know why we get frustrated. We don't know why we get sad. We don't know why we get disgusted in certain situations. We don't know why certain things trigger us certain ways. And that's what Dianetics really dives into. And so we touched on that yesterday. We're gonna go a little bit further on that today. Before we do though, you know that what we got, you know what we gotta do on this show. Here, let me pick a song. We gotta we gotta do some moving. Let's go. Is that right? Volume? Can we all hear that today? Let's make sure. Perfect. 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 That's right. Before we go too much further down this amazing rabbit hole, (laughs) we got to do some dancing on this show. There we go. I can feel that. Listen, for those of you that know and those of you that don't know, this is the part of the show where I need you to hit that share button. That's right. I need you to hit that share button because I believe If we can change the way people start their day, it'll make a massive impact on this planet. I mean, truly massive. And sometimes all it takes to change the way somebody starts their day is for you to hit that share button. So if you're on Facebook right now, share this out. Those of you on LinkedIn, what's up? I'm glad you're here. Share it out. Those of you on YouTube, drop a comment. Let me know you're here. You can share it out as well. And then of course, over on Clubhouse... Make sure you hit that share button down there on the bottom of the screen. Share this into the clubhouse streets. This is also the part of the show where I want to say good morning to you and I want you to say good morning to me. Whether you're watching this thing live or you're watching on replay, that part don't matter. Just say what's up. I'll say what's up back, right? Just like Travis Roberts, I see you're here this morning. Kim Fair, good morning. Stephanie Toadvine, thanks for sharing. It was awesome to see you and my wife and, and Marcy together. Uh, What you guys are building is going to be amazing. Karen Ramsey, good morning. Debbie Dowling, great to see you. Megan DiMartino, thanks for this morning. Marilyn Wilkin, good morning. Wes and Gloria Bond, Kimberly Hatfield, and Rick Tamburino. Catherine Guidi's up in here. Good morning. Jetty Lockett, great to see you. Jacqueline Underwood, Jonathan Rath, my boy from Berman. What up, Jonathan? I'm super glad to see you this morning. I see my clubhouse peeps. Liza's up in here. Justin Kanakow, we've got TM in the building, Lolita Walker is up in here, Annette with the CBC, what's up Melvin, how you doing stars, Tina, Arpit is in here, Mac and Maria and Tom and Pam and Adi, we've got Kim and Renee and Carmel, BJ's up in here this morning, Don Sankey, Lindsay, Mindy, Chima, Mary, Kim, Natasha's in the building, Jackie and Coach and Peter and The Professor, everybody's up in here this morning. On GM3X, I love it. I love that we get to spend this time together, 5.30 a.m., Monday through Friday. This is something we wouldn't be able to do if it wasn't for the auto industry. I'm just got to tell you, I got my start in the land of social media at an incredible dealership in a tiny little town in Paris, Kentucky. What's up, Peter? How you doing, Angie Lane? And they allowed me to explore this idea of a daily morning show that we started over four years ago. And since then, the automotive industry has continued to support us creating this space. They do it in a new form now. It's this thing called 800% Elite Automotive, which is where I work with owners and general managers of car dealerships, independent dealerships, franchise dealerships, large dealerships, small dealerships all over North America. It's been absolutely spectacular, and we are having an event That is coming up. We have an event coming up in Atlanta. So if you're in the auto space, you're an owner or general manager of a dealership, you'd like to check out this 800% Club thing, get a little closer look, meet some of the dealers that are in the program, come join us in Atlanta. We're part of our retreat. One day of our retreat, we will be allowing outside dealers to come check it out. Uh, If you come check it out, this is kind of what it's going to look like. All right. All right. Let me show you. Check this. Automotive dealer owners and GMs only exclusively on October 26th. The Technology Matters Summit presented by 800% Elite Automotive Club. We are holding this event at one of the premier dealerships in the United States of America. We will be at Beaver Toyota in Cummins, Georgia. That's right. Beaver Toyota led by Patrick Abad. I know you've heard of the place. They've had a massive, massive increase in sales over the last three years. And we're going to have our event right there on site. So you can check out the store. You can check out all the features. You can check out what some are calling the Disneyland of dealerships as we learn that technology matters from Dan Moore, Aaron Sheets, Brian Kramer, and so many more. Grab your ticket now. We'll see you there. October 26th, coming to Georgia. Don't miss it. That's right, you can check that out, saveyourdealership.com. That would be the website. If you wanna check that out, go to saveyourdealership.com. That's gonna be absolutely phenomenal. All right, now with that said, we are gonna continue. I'm gonna share with you some of the things that I learned during this season of my life where I was living and working, right? the season of my life where I was living and working with the Orange County Church of Scientology. I learned some amazing things that transformed my life forever. Uh, I also ultimately decided that that path was not the path for me. Um, just so that there's clarity on that, but these are some of my takeaways. All right. We're going to continue to dive into that. So check it out. So the origins, kind of the origins of Scientology was there's this guy named L. Ron Hubbard. There's a lot of confusion around L. Ron Hubbard. He was a author of many science fiction novels. He was also the author of all of the books that exist in Scientology. But really the book that made uh, that that put him on the map was this book called Dianetics, the modern science of mental health. Now, L. Ron Hubbard went around and he studied kind of like a Darwin theory of evolution where Darwin went around and studied the Galapagos Islands and whatnot. Elron Hubbard went around and studied and he discovered this idea of a, of a reactive mind, right? An active mind and a reactive mind. And within that, he discovered that we have something called engrams, E-N-G-R-A-M-S, all right? Something called engrams. Now, engrams is an unconscious sensory impression. Okay, You've got your reactive mind, the unconscious mind, which has corrupted files. And then you have your analytical mind, which is the conscious mind and doesn't make any mistakes. All right. They also teach, ultimately, everybody should be getting sound. I'm not sure what's going on for you, Amy. Um, they also teach that each, each person has hundreds of past lives and that these past lives, right, these past lives yield engrams. Now, I know you might be like, okay, wait a minute, hundreds of past lives, this is kinda crazy, what are we talking about? All right, so I'm gonna shift the verbiage just a little bit so you can capture it from maybe some words that you might already be familiar with. All right, so instead of an active mind and a reactive mind, let's use conscious and subconscious. Let's use those words. Right? You've heard of the subconscious mind and you've heard of the conscious mind. Now, what you may not know is that the way that things are stored in those minds, right? So in Scientology, they'll say, unconscious mind has corrupted files, analytical mind doesn't make mistakes. I'm gonna give you an example. The analytical mind, in the analytical mind, two plus two equals four. The sky is blue, grass is green, right? That's how the analytical mind works. In the subconscious mind, two plus two can equal blue, which equals grass, which can equal four or any other random number, which equals a smell, which equals a sound, right? The subconscious mind, the way it stores your files, wait, the way that it stores is everything is equal to everything in the subconscious. In your conscious mind, AKA analytical mind, it's able to sort and decipher that, hey, does not equal blue. Blue does not equal a certain taste or a certain smell. The subconscious mind is ultimately there when we go into pain or trauma, right? So why does this happen? Why does this exist? Let's just use procreation, right? Let's just use creation. If a woman goes through being pregnant, the changes in her body, Delivering a baby. Let's talk about like pre. I mean, it's already. It, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna go there. But think, think before they had things like epidurals and all these things, right? But I mean, even today, it's an exhausting process. But goes through and has a baby. right? it's painful. It's traumatic. All of those things. When a woman gives birth, the subconscious mind is going to store that memory. And it's going to put everything together, all the sights, the sounds, the smells, so on and so forth, right? Why is that? Because if that was in the analytical mind and you could remember clearly the pain, the exhaustion the experience, so on and so forth, most women would not have more than one child. Like my wife is a perfect example of this. She has a child. She goes through the pain, the suffering, the trauma of delivering that baby. She goes through it all. And then within days, she's immediately like, I think we should have another baby. (laughs) I'm like, did you see that exorcism that we just went through? Do you not remember that thing? That was crazy. But see, the subconscious mind is there to store that trauma so that ultimately you can continue to move forward so that you can continue to do the things that are going to procreate, that's going to survive, or that's going to help us survive as a species. So we have a subconscious and a conscious. The problem is the subconscious puts everything together. Everything is equal. Yes, I said exorcism. That's what it was like, So Celsito. So, you know, the last one, she did it at home. Um, it was a home birth, and it was rough. Right? So we store those things. The problem is the things that are stored in there, they're not stored in a way that makes sense. So let me use another example. You get beat as a child. Hate to go there. You get beat as a child. You store that subconsciously. There's certain environmental settings, right? There's a smell in the house of, of certain foods. There's uh, a certain tones. It's a certain time of year, right? All of those things get put here. Fast forward later in life, there's certain tones, it's a certain time of year, there's certain smells. You all of a sudden treat your kids the way that your parents treated you. Something you swore you'd never do. This is why we see chains and and series of families that continue to have alcoholism, continue to have drug problems, continue to pass down uh, violence and abuse because we store all these things in a traumatic fashion and ultimately they can be triggered, they can come back and cause us to act in ways we don't want to act. These are called engrams. Now this whole idea of hundreds of years of lifetimes, that one might throw you for a loop also, but let me remind you that right now science is actually talking about all living organisms store genetic information using the same molecules, DNA and RNA, And written in these genetic codes of these molecules is compelling evidence of a shared ancestry of all living things. Evolution of higher life forms demanded the development of new genes to support different body plans. Basically science, not Scientology, but science is saying that in our DNA, in our genetic code, is stored experiences from the past. That's how we evolve. So maybe, maybe you don't want to call that past lives, but the lives of the past ultimately affect you today. Tomato, tomato. You've lived hundreds of hundreds of lives before we're connected genetically to the hundreds of lives before. Do you see what I'm saying? It's not that far of a stretch. So Scientology taught me all about Dianetics and taught me about engrams. It taught me how these things were stored in my subconscious mind that made me a violent person. I used to fight all of the time. And then it gave me a solution. The solution to taking things from a subconscious state to a conscious state, from a reactive mind to an analytical mind, from a trigger that controls you to ultimately use something you control is to have well-lit, wide awake conversations with those that you trust and to relive those traumatic experiences, to relive those events, to go through and remember what time it was, what color was the, the clothes that you were wearing, to be able to go through all of these things, you can then take it from, an, from a subconscious uh, file to a conscious file. And so I did that. For months on end. I sat across from people in well-lit rooms while wide awake, and I relived the traumas of my childhood. I spoke to them, and as I spoke to them, the person across from me would ask for more detail and more questions. And you'd be surprised at what you actually do remember that you have, you've pushed it back because you don't want to recall it, but it's all still there. And so I would walk through traumatic experiences as my parents got divorced, and as my dad did certain things, I would walk through those experiences in detail with a fine tooth comb. What time is it? What's the clock say? What are you wearing? What are you feeling? What are you smelling? What does it taste like? What are you experiencing? And as you walk through that, you take it from subconscious to conscious. Now, here's the problem. This is very similar to going to a psychologist, right? The difference is when you go to a psychologist, no offense to all y'all psychologists out there, but I'm just telling you, I believe personally from my experience, there's a better way. The problem is when you go to a psychologist, you lay on a couch, you've got the fancy music. We put people into a meditative state so that we can retrieve what's in the subconscious mind. Problem is once we have the subconscious mind engaged, anything that goes in can be damaging. Anything that we say, if somebody walks into the room and says something, if there's sounds or noises outside, we can now actually make the patient worse because we've got them in a subconscious state. The key is well lit, wide awake, while in a conscious state to relive those experiences, to take them from subconscious mind to conscious mind. That's something I learned. It's a process that I went through. It changed me from being a violent person to being a much more controlled. My mom says it all the time. She'll watch this show. My mom says it all the time. It blows her mind how calm and rational I can be in 99% of the situations. Whereas I used to not be a calm and rational person whatsoever. I accredit Dianetics and this process to my ability to now control my emotions and my future. Big stuff, right? Big stuff. Now, (laughs) quick recap, all right? I am sharing with you the things I learned in my experience, living and working on a Scientology campus. I learned that God is a real thing, and I should seek him. I learned about Dianetics, and the subconscious and conscious mind. I also learned about these engrams and how to go in and ultimately shift those things so that we can take control over them versus them controlling me. I also learned how to learn. One of the things that Scientology will teach you right out the gate is they teach you how to learn, a better way to learn. Learning to learn is something that our schools don't really teach us, right? Our schools will teach us things, they teach us how to read, they teach us how to write, they teach us how to do math, they teach us history, they teach us geography, they teach us science, they teach us social skills, they teach us so many things. But one thing they don't teach us is they don't teach us how to learn. Because see, there's science behind the idea of learning and if we can learn how to learn, then it makes this makes it easier to be taught. We become better students. And so I learned how to learn. One of the things that I learned while learning how to learn, I learned that while reading, you should always have a dictionary or some sort of tool that you can access the actual definitions of words, you should have it beside you at all times. And here's why. We have we have a tendency to think we know the meanings of words, but we we don't necessarily know the meanings of words. Now, let me ask you a question. You can drop it in the comments if this has ever happened for you. Have you ever read a page, a couple pages, a paragraph in a book, and then forgotten what you just read. Has that ever happened to you? If that's happened to you, be honest, you just got done reading, you're like, wait a minute. What did I just, I don't even remember the last two pages that I just read or or whatever. Has that ever happened to you, right? You're reading and then you have to go back and reread again, right? (laughs) Well, the reason that happens is you've actually come across a word You've come across a word that you're, you don't fully know the definition of. And so you're still going on, you're still reading, moving forward, but what's happening is your mind is still stuck on that word. It's still trying to clearly define that word. So you're reading past it, but your mind's not absorbing that new material. And so you can go on and you can keep reading, but you're not going to retain the info because you're stuck on a word. So, for example, the word decimate. What do you guys think the word decimate means, right? We say it all the time. Dude, I got decimated. Oh, my gosh. I got destroyed completely. I mean, unbelievable, right? Decimate does not mean what we think it means. You're totally, you're probably totally wrong about what decimate means. You see, decimate it comes from the from the prefix "deci," which actually means to reduce something by one tenth. So, for example, if your retirement portfolio was decimated by the great great recession, you actually got off easy. You only lost ten percent. You see, words like "of" define the word "of." Define the word "the." There are all kinds of words that we believe we know the definitions of, but we don't. And it causes us to not be able to retain information as powerfully. When we take the the time to define a word, now, when we read through, we have the full definition. We understand where it came from. We understand the derivative of the word. And now we can retain the information that comes after it. Now, how do you know? How do you know you've come across a word that maybe you don't know the definition of? Well, one of the things they taught me is if you're reading, you're wide awake and you're reading and you yawn, a yawn is a signal, it's a trigger that you may have just read a word that you don't know, fully understand. So think about that, you're sitting there reading, you're like, oh, I don't know, where you're yawning at you know, five o'clock in the evening or at 10 o'clock in the morning, whatever it is, that yawn is a sign you possibly have a word that you need to go back and define. Taking the time to go back and define that word will help you retain the information better. They also taught me the importance of attaching emotion to that which we read. You see, we remember emotions. We remember how we feel more clearly than we remember anything else. They say this as a speaker. They say it all the time, right? People will remember not what you say, but ultimately how you made them feel. The same is true as we're learning. It's very important that as we learn, we attach that there is an emotional experience in order for us to retain the information. We can do this by making sure that the things that we're studying are things that we're passionate about. We can also do this as leaders as we're teaching. One of the things that I do at every single one of my 800% club retreats and including all of my trainings is I try to engage some sort of emotion. It makes me a better leader. It makes me a better teacher at our retreats. We do things like go paintballing out in the desert. We go on sunrise hikes at five o'clock in the morning. We race sailboats out in the ocean. We drive Lamborghinis in the mountains of Colorado. These experiences create emotions and those emotions ultimately help my my uh, I hate the word clients my Bob uh, but the people that I serve it helps them retain and remember the information from that event because there's an emotional attachment. You see, learning to learn is an incredible gift that I was given incredible gift that I was given 15 years ago when I explored this thing that was taboo, this idea, this Scientology, when I went into it and experienced it and ultimately walked away from it, I am so grateful for the things that I learned during that season, learning to chase a relationship with God. Learning that there were, there, were, there were engrams, there were memories that were stored in my mind that were ultimately shifting who it is that I wanted to be. Learning that there's a better way to actually learn than what we've been taught in the schools. And there are many other things that I learned that I'm going to continue to share with you as we go through this Scientology week. I hope you find some of these things valuable. I hope you can go out and apply them in your own life find areas that you can take away. That is my entire intention of this week. It is not to promote religion, to promote Scientology, to promote any of those things, but ultimately give you tools that you can put in your toolbox so that you can become the best version of yourself that you can possibly be. Not an average version, not a below average version, not a little bit above average version, the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. I hope you'll come back tomorrow. We'll learn some more. Until then, we're gonna go talk a little bit over on Clubhouse. If you wanna join us on the Clubhouse app, we have the Breakfast with Champions room. You can come over there. We're gonna have a little bit more conversation uh, around this, which will be amazing. I would love to have you there. Like, honestly, if nobody's told you yet today, let me be the first. I absolutely stinkin' love you. I do. I absolutely stinkin' love you. I love spending my mornings with you. It's absolutely incredible. So do me a favor. Come join me on Clubhouse. If you're watching on the replay later, I love you as well. And make sure you come back here again tomorrow morning, 5.30 a.m. as we do this all over again on hashtag GM3X. Let's go.